0: Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Turn to James 1 again, if you would. James chapter 1. Last week, I started this, and I want to just share a little bit more about the issue of patience and what have you, but let me read from James chapter 1, verse 1 again. James, a servant of God, And of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered abroad among the Gentiles in the dispersion. Greetings, rejoice. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. And yes, I said it last week, but let me say it again. We all know that this sounds crazy, but again this is where you have to make a decision to believe that possibly, just possibly, God may be smarter than you. And if God is smarter than you then when he says to count it all joy, to add up everything you're going through and to draw a line under it and let the sum of everything create joy in you, that there must be reason for him to say that. And again, of course, and there is just this incredible truth about what it means to not allow your peace to be stolen so flippin' easily. Do you hear me? Some people lose their peace, I mean, oh, I don't know, over a piece of paper that falls out of their Bible. They lose all sense of restraint. They flip out and they don't know. They just, they, I don't know. They live in a place of constant disruption. And I, my heart breaks when I talk with people like that. They just get anxious about everything. And you know what the Bible says, anxiety weighs a man's heart down. Anxiety in the heart weighs a man down. It stops you from pursuing your destiny. It stops you from going forward when all you do is allow yourself to constantly, constantly, constantly stress, strive, and freak out over what may be happening right now in the here and the ugly here and now. It is sometimes like who I don't know when they said it first, whoever said it first, but it is a sometimes an incredibly long distance from here to here. In other words, from being able to read a scripture up here and, and before it becomes alive here, before it becomes something where you really do find yourself going, no big deal, whatever, I'll live. I shared with the guys yesterday, you know. My car, Uh, Judy came back from the barn last week. Nothing had to do with her, you know, this Beamer that God gave me um, 10 years ago at my 60th birthday. You're not going to be 60, are you, on Saturday? 25 again, right? 25. But, you know, we came out, and these BMWs, they have what's called um, self-leveling suspension. And so anyhow, it's supposed to sit like this, but it was like this. And I didn't know when I got in and started to drive You know, I'm... (laughs) It was not fun. But anyhow, so long story short, I take it to this guy I know who's really a good guy as far as working with BMWs and stuff, this garage that I know. And uh, I mean, in America, when you take a car and you get it fixed, they'll actually show you, I've never found, this is the only garage I've ever found that does it, they'll actually show you the old parts to show you what was bad. Because, you know, there are such things, I know, Matt, you've never met a bad mechanic in your life. But there are those who will say, well, it was busted, so we had to put it on. But, you know, anyhow, this these people say, anyhow, I'll take my car in. And he said they had to look at it. And he said, well, you know, on these things, there's the compressor in the back. And the compressor is 784 pounds by itself. And they said, then there's the cables, this, that, and the other. And all these sensors seem to be gone. then they... I said, well, you know, i got to do it, whatever. And I knew that plus the labor is going to be about, what, coming to 1,300, 1,400 quid. So I took a deep breath, because it has to happen, because you can't drive. Anyhow, I want to get past that so I can get back to this. So anyhow, long story short, they called me back. And, of course, Mr. Anderson, when we went in and looked at it, Rod, we found that on both sides, you know, they have pneumatic or hydraulic shocks on the back of these things. And basically, one has a hole in it. So you can't replace one. In this situation, you've got to replace two, and you've got to replace these hoses and this. And any other final bill was 3,100 pounds. And that's what I started doing. I, 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 when Julie and I were in the car, when the phone rang, and Julie and I said, pardon me? And he said, 30, and I said, do it. And Julie started to say something, and I said, never mind. And I was quiet. I didn't say a word, like all good men. I didn't say a word for about 10 minutes because I had to process it Didn't just go. And like I was teaching a few weeks ago, you have to learn to capture your thoughts before you open up your mouth and destroy your future. You, you, you know, oh, my God, what am I going to do? It's going to destroy our holiday. We go on holiday on Wednesday. Everything. You know, no, I'm just trying to say all of us have opportunities. That happened to be a fresh one for me. Than last week, but all of you at some point you have, you know, you've gone through the same thing by, by in some relative place, some relative way, what have you. We're not supposed to lose our peace. I've said it a thousand times since I've been pastoring. You know the Bible says all of God's paths are peace. You can't afford to not be at peace. You have to take fast hold of peace. You have to pay the price to find out what the peace of God is, and you have to hold on to it. So James, when he says here, he says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials and temptations, trials of your faith. Count it all joy. But then he said, why? The next verse says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works something called patience. Last week I said, everybody say, I love patience. And so I'll say it again. Everybody say, I love being patient. Four, four time. No, it's four, one, three, four time. (laughs) But listen to what it says. Like I said, like we prayed, do we believe that this is God's word? Really? You have to make a decision to go beyond just nodding your head. Do we believe, do we actually believe this is God's Wisdom. Is this God's wisdom? I mean, did the creator of all heaven and the earth say, You really need to catch this? Stuff's going to happen. As long as you're in this world, in this earth, you know, Jesus said himself, In this world, you will have tribulation, right? Right? You know, like all preachers say, we don't have to release faith for it. You will have tribulation. You will have tribulation. But then he says the same thing as basically as James said. He says, but he said, you will have tribulation. But he said, what did he say? But be of good cheer. I mean, that's not the natural human response to tribulation. All hell breaks loose and you go... In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world. Past tense. I've overcome the world of the power to harm you. Uh, You know, it is tough when you talk about patience, because, you know, there's a lot of things I guarantee I want right now. I mean, you know, I believe God's promises when it comes to health and healing, and and I want the miraculous. I want the miraculous for every one of you. I want it to happen now. But, you know, there's a lot of things going on on the earth, and sometimes we seem to limit God to just this one arena of our life, like maybe your personal feelings or your personal healing or whatever. But there is a huge thing going on on planet earth, you know, that we just have to understand God is fully aware of. Nothing catches God by surprise. So anyhow, back here in James, he says, Count all joy when you fall into diverse trials, temptations, trials of your faith, knowing something that the trying of your faith works patience. And listen to this part. He said, remember, but let patience, let is actually a military command. Let's, it doesn't mean, I don't think about it. It's a command. But let patience have her perfect work, making you complete and lacking nothing. Now you really, if God said this, this there's something we need to really, we need to acknowledge that God has said this. I read it from the Amplified, but let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play. Let it work itself out to the end. Let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed, listen, listen, that you might be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Lacking in nothing. Lacking in nothing. He said the issue is patience. And, and I don't want to get <laughs> I got so much here. <laughs> Let me just give you the two... There's two major Greek words that are always used in Scripture. One is, the one here is macro... Thumea, macro meaning um, long, thumea, thumos meaning mind. It says to be long-minded. Let patience have a perfect word. you got to have a mind that will stretch out there and hold on. In um, one of the lexicons, it says, quote, It is that quality of self-restraint in the face of provocation which does not hastily re- retaliate, Or promptly punish. It is the opposite of anger and is associated with mercy and is used of God and gives all these references. Patience is the quality that does not surrender to circumstances. Patience is the quality that does not surrender to the circumstance or succumb under trial. It's the opposite of despondency and it's always associated with hope. Have you ever asked somebody how they're doing? They're saying, well, whatever it is about, and they'll say, well, I'm in faith. And they say it like that, well, I'm in faith. You know what I mean? They look like death warmed over. I'm, I'm believing God. I'm trusting God. I'm going to die, but I'm trusting God. But if, what what would happen if God Almighty, if we had a theophany and he appeared right now, right, right now, right here? I mean, if whatever, this giant orb, sphere, lightning bolt's coming out of God, God shows up and he speaks to you. Would you believe it then? And the issue is that we're supposed to believe it here. Blessed is he that has not seen and yet believed. I'm just trying to say that if you believe, if you actually, do you understand that to ask the the same thing the second time is kind of embarrassing? If if my wife, if I ask Julie, Julie, I haven't had an old-fashioned California cheeseburger in a long time. Now you're my wife. I'll command you to cook me a cheeseburger. <laughs> no, if I if I said, honey, can I have a can I have a hamburger tonight? I just like I just feel like having a hamburger. And she says, sure, okay, I'll do that, babe. So she walks out, walks to the kitchen. i walk back into the living room. Five minutes later, I walk back and I she's in the kitchen. And I said, Jules, and she says, What? And I said, Would you I'd like a hamburger. Would you make me a hamburger? And she'll look at me and say, yeah, yeah, I said I would. So I go back in the living room. Five more minutes goes by. You know what? I walk back in there. She's already doing stuff. But I said, Julie, would you, would you, would you make me a hamburger, please? And she'll say, I said I would. <laughs> and I walk back. And you know what I'm getting at? It's After a while, thank God, God's not like this. But, you know, actually, to ask over and Smith Wigglesworth, is the one that said all those years ago to continue to ask God for the same thing over and over again is actually an insult to his honor. You really have to think about that. So, and we know the teachings of faith. We know Mark 11 22, 23, 24. Whatsoever things you ask in faith, believing, you shall receive, right? It goes on, it goes on saying to say that to believe that you receive, that when you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive. When you pray, whatsoever you ask, whatsoever you ask. Jesus is saying this stuff, not a preacher. Jesus said, have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. He's trying to demonstrate to the people. We've all had the teaching over the years. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. And, of course, in the Greek it says, as your present possession. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And you shall have them. If when you pray, if in the act of prayer you actually believe God, you actually believe God You actually believe God said so. You actually believe it was the will of God. He said, believe that you receive and you shall have them. So, you don't ask God for the same thing 57 times. So, (laughs) if that's God's truth, which it is, then something has to take place after we've prayed and said, amen. I've seen your word, Father. I see your promise. I know that you're not a man, that you would quibble with games with this. I know this to be your truth. I know it is your will for my life. 1 John, if you ask anything according to God's will, we know that he hears us. And if we know with settled, absolute persuasion that he hears us, we know that we have granted us, as our present possessions, the thing which, we, which we've asked of God. Right? We all know the verses. So when we say amen, that's when we begin to enjoy and, and begin to develop the art of patience. Like I said last week, the word for faith, pistos in the Greek, P-I-S-T-O-S, unbelief is with an a when you put the letter a in front of a greek word it negates it's always the negative doubt or unbelief is apistos but pistos is faith and it's a masculine word patience makrothymia, and the other word hupomone h-u-p-o-m-o-n-e are both feminine and this is the way we taught it we were taught this all those years ago you have it's and we'll get to, I'm going to turn to Hebrews 6 in a bit, but in Hebrews 6, 12, it says you need to be followers of those who through faith and patience receive the promises. It's always faith and patience. And like I said last week, it's interesting because you have to have faith and patience for something to happen. You have to have a male and a female for something to happen. Eric and Sarah just found that out. David and Lorna has found it out four, five times already. God bless you, David. Hallelujah. <laughs> Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. But and as I said again last week, the thing about faith is like one man put it many, many years ago. It's like faith. You, have, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we release faith by the words of our mouth as we're taught. If you believe that those things which you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. If you believe that those things which you say, if you believe, if, if you'll believe like I believe, have the God kind of faith. If you believe that those things which you say come to pass, you'll have whatsoever you say, because that's how it works then we have to be careful and we have to understand, like I said, after we've said amen, this is where patience has to work. Faith is the thing that opens the door to God's blessing. And another guy put it this way years ago. But patience is like the doorstop that keeps that door open until the manifestation comes. But in particular in our age, I mean, I had it taught to me, you know, 35 years ago, 40 years ago, whatever it was. And then we used to make jokes about having an instant gratification issue. But today it's a thousand billion times worse than it was back then. You know, we want, we want results now. I mean, I want it now. I mean, you know, when God made the microwave oven, men all over the earth rejoiced. Hallelujah. But God's not a microwave God. That's not how he works. There are things all through life that simply are learned during the midst of developing the art of patience. You just have to be patient. But let patience have her perfect work. You're going to have to let patience have its perfect to. Being patient is strong, is tough. And I mean, you've got to to be able to have that ability to say, I'm going to stand right here. i prayed. I know it's the will of God. I do not see the manifestation yet, but I'm simply not going to be shaken off of what I know God's will for my life is. I'm determined. I'm simply determined. How long is it going to take? I don't know. And somehow, see, in the midst of this, like I said, it's tough, isn't it? Because... We all want, we, we want the things to happen now. I want them to happen now. But where do you draw that line between the stuff that, you know, we need to really press into, bless God, warf, do warfare over whatever, so that it happens quicker, and just understanding that some things just take time. And the, the thing is, you don't know until you get older. You don't know until you study like it. Well, turn to James, turn to James 5 real quick. Let me read this verse out of James 5 just right next door. Hmm. I went too far. Sorry. Come on. Fingers work. And James, where's that at? Oh, James 5. Um, Well, I don't want to read the whole chapter, but listen. Verse 7. Let me start in James 5, verse 7. Uh, James is going on. He said, so you also must be patient. And he said, you have to establish your heart. I used to love Jerry Savelle's teaching 100 years ago on Psalm 12, the established heart. My heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. My heart is established. I will not be moved by bad reports. My heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. My heart is established. Do you have an established heart? Have you actually made the decision that you're going to serve God for the rest of your life? Is your service to God or for God dependent upon Him doing something for you? You see, you do have to work through that because when a lot of people first come to God, it's because we tell them what God will do for you. But see, at some point, you do have to graduate, don't you, where you begin to understand I'm serving God because of who He is and what He did for me. You know what I mean? What He did, the sacrifice that was made for me. I mean, who am I to question the Most High God? The creator of all heaven and earth. So he says in verse 7, James 5:7, So be patient, brethren, as you wait, everybody say, as I wait, till the coming of the Lord. See, see, look at some, see how the farmer waits expectantly for the precious harvest from the land. See how he keeps up his patient vigil over it until it receives the early and late rains. Verse 8, so you also must be patient. He said, establish your heart, strengthen and confirm them in the final certainty for the coming of the Lord is very near. And so I hear something shifts because he's talking about something beyond your just personal comfort zone and what you might want for yourself. He's talking about basically waiting for the culmination of all biblical truth, the return of the Lord God himself. Hallelujah, the return of Jesus. And he said, you have to understand, you have to understand it's part of nature. It's how seed works. You have to see how farmers, they, they, they've they learned that they have to wait. You have to let some things, let nature take its course in some situations. You hear me? I, uh, gosh, I was listening to, I'm trying to figure out who was. Well, you know, this. I'm, I was going to say something about Ray Hughes. I don't want to mess up with Ray. You know, I am. Over the moon, grateful that Ray Hughes is going to be with us. He's, in my opinion, he carries the greatest revelation of music and sound of possibly anybody on the earth. Rick Joyner says that. Bill Johnson says that. All these top worship leaders at Bethel, you ought to see what they all say. It's Ray Hughes. Hearing what Ray Hughes said, oh, I mean, over and over again, You know Leonard Jones that we've had many times said there's nobody like him. Austin Bill says there's nobody like him. 44 years, he's a musicologist. He cracks you up. He's got. I can't wait for him to get here for one thing because he's he's got his humor is like mine, or my humor is like his. I don't know, but he just cracks me up. He is funny. I mean he is a humorist. You will roll and I I've already I said I wouldn't say this one in church, but I'm going to do it anyhow. Because he did it in a Woman's Aglow Glow conference. And if you can say this in a Woman's Aglow Glow conference, you can say it anyway. No big deal, but it just cracks me up. But he's got the, he is, he's grown up in the hills outside of, in Tennessee, you know, in the, in the hills. And he plays 12 instruments perfectly, but he can't read one note of music. Seriously, that's the truth. And the guy gets up and he starts playing, oh, my God, can he play guitar? But he'll start to play and he'll go, how many of you heard a Hill song? And everybody go, yeah. yeah. And they'll go, well, this ain't it. <laughs> he'll say, this is a song from the Hills. <laughs> and because it, it's like bluegrass, but he does, I mean, you know, and his daughter, I'd never, ever heard his daughter, uh, uh, Rama Whalen. Have you ever heard of Brian and Rami? It's R-A-M-E-Y Whalen. This, oh, my God. Listen to her. Listen to this. It's called the witness. You got to listen to the songs. I mean, you talk about somebody that can lead worship and find the presence of God. Anyhow, he gets up at this thing and he starts. I don't know where I'm going with this because now I got to get back to this. But he just cracked me up. He's at this meeting. Graham Cook's sitting on there because Graham Cook's the other speaker, and Ray gets up. He's just country. He's just as country as it can be. And I understand the language, but I'm going to have to pray for interpretation for the for the English. He's sitting there, he said, Well, turn your Bible. Turn up, he said, open your Bible. He said, I don't really care where, just open it. He said, You gotta excuse me, I gotta move some things around here and see where you know I'm going. He's quiet. There's a long pause. He said, Yeah, I never heard anybody. He cracked me up. He said, Yeah, he said, today he said, I feel kind of like a mosquito in a nudist colony. He said, Listen, he said, I know what my mission is, I just don't know where to start. Oh, sorry, that just cracked me up. See, all of you are going, <laughs> just cracked me up. I laughed so hard, I had to stop everything, turn it off. I just cracked me up. Oh, well, anyhow. <laughs> but this guy, the stuff, the, we're very blessed to have him. We're incredibly blessed to have him. What he's going to be able to pour into our worship team in particular. Uh, is incredible. I have no idea why I went there right now. That's okay. It's, I'm going to keep smiling. Julie's not smiling. Are you going to smile at me, babe? Just smile at me once. You're too tired to smile? Okay. All right. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Um, farmers. <laughs> So also, you must be patient. You've got to establish your heart and strengthen and confirm them in the final certainty But the coming of the Lord is very near. There's this time span between what's going on. A lot of us don't really understand, again, how vital it is that we, that we really pursue this issue of, of steadfastness, perseverance. In other words, it doesn't just happen overnight. I know what I was going to say. I was going to say, you know, musicians. He was talking about, oh, that's right. That's what I was going to say. He's talking about how there are so many people, to say the least, all these musicians he's worked with so many years of his life, secular musicians, what have you. And he said the fact of the matter is, he said, in reality, the truth of the matter is, he said, there really isn't any more because of the Internet, because of live streaming, because of whatever. There really isn't like, it's not like it was just 20 years ago. There's no... Big money actually to be made in becoming a star in the music industry. They're having to find out what it means to be teams. And I, I can't communicate it as well as maybe, but he said the patience issue, and this is what he talks about, like uh, Kim Walker, whatever her name is, and the rest of them, what the stuff, and how many years. That she sat under Leonard, and how many years this one was here, and what is it what's in it, Brian and Jim Johnson, how they just just uh, immerse themselves in, in Ray Hughes and his wisdom from 44 years of working with music and stuff and how everybody looks at him, but they don't in other words, guys, at some point in your life, you have to submit yourself to a mentor. I gotta throw that in here. You gotta find somebody that just might be wiser than you. You know what I mean? And this is what I mean. When we, we really are blessed to have people like this come because these people have stuff that we have need of. That's all I'm trying to say. Let patience have her perfect work. Let patience have her perfect work, her complete work. I, I just, you know, that you may be a person lacking nothing. Hallelujah. So I'm just saying we have to get come to grips with this and we have to learn how to be more patient. I turned to Hebrews 6. Let me do this real quick for me. And then I've got a little an article I read the other day about waiting on God that I, I thought was good. So I put a bunch of it on a little PowerPoint that we'll show in a minute. But here in Hebrews 6, um, again, I'm having to start right in the middle. Let me start at verse 10. Hebrews 6, verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget or to overlook your labor and the love which you have shown for his name's sake in ministering to the needs of the saints, his own consecrated people, as you still do. Verse 11. But we do strongly and earnestly desire for each of you to show the same diligence and sincerity all the way through. Everybody say all the way through. You need to show the same diligence and sincerity all the way through in realizing and enjoying the full assurance and development of your hope until the end. And then it continues in verse 12. It says you need to do that because there's a comma at the end of verse 11. Let me read verse 11 again and just read it verse with verse 12. But we do strongly and earnestly desire for each of you to show the same diligence and sincerity all the way through in realizing and enjoying the full assurance and development of your hope until the end in order that you may not grow disinterested. How many of you know it doesn't take that long if you're not careful to grow disinterested? Uh, nothing's happened yet. I'm tired of this. When is God going to move? When is he going to come? Everybody says, God, Christ is coming soon. And that's what, in 2 Peter 3, 9 and 10, that's what it says, for the Lord is not slack. The Lord is not slow concerning his promises that some people would measure slackness or slowness. It says, but he is long-suffering to usward in that he desires so many more to be saved. And we think he's not coming because the Bible is not true. No, it's just we have no comprehension of the incredible Marianas Trench-sized depth of God's love for this earth and for us. And that he is waiting, waiting, waiting. He wants every single person saved that's possible to get saved right up. I mean, he says, I'm, He is. Not, and then that's where it goes on to say in Second Peter, you've got to understand a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. But he's waiting. He's not slack concerning his promise, but he's long-suffering. He's long-suffering because he's waiting for people to come into the kingdom. And I'm just saying there's this principle that with you know God is pretty patient with us. And so it's not shouldn't be such a big deal for us to be patient. Julie wants me to be perfect. And I understand that. Because she comes from another lifestyle. My wife should have been born during the days of Downton Abbey. And she should have. I mean, you know what I mean? She no, no, don't stop. No, but I mean you love those things, what I'm trying. I'm not insulting my wife. I'm just saying she's She's born to higher things. And seriously, and because of this, she had an out-of-body experience. And and listen to this part, Julie, so that you make sure you heard this part. (laughs) No, but because she has had this out-of-body experience, you know, she's... And like I said, I live with the woman. She has seen something higher. She's seen something... So much more glorious than anything down here that anything down here just to her is no big deal. I mean, it really isn't. That's really who she is. I've been with her, you know, 200 years now. That's, that's who she is. That She really doesn't. And I'm still, I still got a lot of country in me. I'm not fully consecrated yet. You didn't know that, right? I'm not perfect by any means. And I sure, I sure don't have the sensitivity that Julie does. And sometimes she gets, and I, and don't, and this is not an attack, okay? But I mean, she's just so sensitive to stuff that I'm not as sensitive to. And this is why, again, God will bring two people together that are so different. It's just so flipping weird. He'll bring people together that are so different. I mean, you know, I come from the other side of the tracks. I mean, I come from the penitentiary background, and Julie comes from flying on private jets, you know, with Rolling Stones and the Beatles and all that crud. And I'm over here. And God says, This'll get 'em. I'm gonna bring these two together just so I can sit up here with Michael and Gabriel and crack up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> while I watched while I watch this while I watch this story play out, you know what I mean? You know, it gives us great entertainment. Down there, I get them television. Up here, we watch Rod and Julie. This is the Rod and Julie show. Hallelujah. (laughs) I wish that wasn't as true, but it is. (laughs) No, but you just, but there's, you know, she has, I, 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 everybody in marriage, you know, the stuff Bobby's been teaching and what have you, I don't care what issues, marriage, life, business, you know, like I said, like Ray talking about the stuff of people in, that are wanting to be musicians right now and not understanding that it's not like it was 20 years ago. There's not big, big money because of all the streaming and all this stuff. It's, you know, you gotta, you've got to just have this something in you that says, this is who God made me to be. I can't apologize for it. So I'm going to just keep yielding myself to God the best I know how I am, And I need to yield my spirit I need to yield my mind, I need to have my mind renewed, and I need to yield my body. I need to submit my body as a living sacrifice because whatever it is, this much I know, I will only become a better of whatever God wants me to be proportionate to my actual personal discipline to be, blessed, God, determined to be found in his will. You know what I mean? So I just want to be the best me I can be. Julie wants to be the best Julie she can be. Mike wants to be the best Mike he can be. I mean, that's the way it is. But most of us still, if we're honest, we flip out because we're we are too impatient. I I I want it now. I can't wait any longer. I just can't wait any longer. I just can't. I can't. I. It's too hard. I don't want to wait any longer. You know. Uh, you. The only place you find, I mean God, I don't know, I feel like I'm, I'm not trying to beat a horse to death here, but the only place that you find rest is when you finally is when you find it here. I, I, I don't know what else to say. It's in this. It's in knowing him. It's not in knowing about him. It's in hanging around long enough that you do something right. And you suddenly discover, I actually am loved of God. I'm actually loved by the creator of all the universe. And you know what? That by itself is enough. Now, you got to hear what I just said. Something happens where you go, you know what? I've already made it. I have eternal life right now. And, and so I'm at rest. The car blows up. Well, you know, that's a drag, but... You know what? It was a piece of metal, and God will meet my needs. Hallelujah. He's done it before, He'll do it again. Or, you know, I really thought, you know, like I said, we have so many musicians, I really thought this song was going to do it. Stuff didn't happen as quick as I wanted it to. uh. And this is where, again, you see, when you get under pressure, is when you make bad decisions. And you start to lean to the arm of the flesh. And and you can birth something, all right. But of course, we we know what those things are. They're called Ishmaels, works of the flesh. And Ishmaels always cause a lot of problems. They really cause all kinds of anxiety. So we have to learn to wait. Now, why don't we? Let me go ahead, uh, Dom, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead, because I I can't get to what I was going to. Let's let me show you. I'm going to read some of this article about people who had to wait a little bit. The fullness of time. This is not on here, but let me just quote, you know, let me quote Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 in the King James. And Paul says, of course, he said, but when the fullness of time, everybody say the fullness of time. It means literally in the Hebrew, it's interesting. It means the critical niche of time, that critical moment that was already preordained. It says, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of son, of sonship. But the point is, do, do, can you possibly agree with me that Jesus Christ came to earth possibly exactly when God thought it was the right time for him to come? <laughs> you, you, hopefully you understand it. it would be silly and stupid to think otherwise. He came in the fullness of time. Now think about that. Even in heaven, where time doesn't exist, God saw time that was here, and He saw where man was going. He saw the the horrific, non-progress of man. But in the fullness of time, He saw it. So in in that critical moment, when it was necessary, when He knew it was the perfect moment, he sent forth his son to redeem us amen hallelujah but off the scriptures there's this stuff don can you get that first are you able to get that next one up or I'll just yeah okay let me just read this think about this how long did abraham and sarah wait for the arrival of the promised heir isaac god first revealed to abraham that he would be the father of many nations when he called him to leave his country and go to the land God would show him. This is Genesis 12. Abraham was 75 years old. That's a good time to start your ministry. There's hope for all of you. Abraham was 75 years old. 15 years later, 15 years. You didn't hear what I said. 15 years. And see, like, I have, I really don't know how old Lucy is, but let's, whatever age, What? just think about it. Whatever, let's just pretend like right now, you know that you know that you know that you know that I'm a man of my word. And I promise you, I promise you that I'm going to give you a million pounds. You know that you know that you know that I got millions. I'm a multi-billionaire. So, you know the capacity's there. And I swear to you, under heaven and earth, that it's my great joy to give you a million pounds. Well, if you actually believe that, would it change your week? Yeah, it would. Don't look at me all holy. It would change your week, change what you ate tonight. It would. And just just no, but really, but really catch it. see, we've taught her for years, and I know i'm so I'm just saying something we already know, but think about it, if you actually believed me, honest to God, would you not go tell somebody, <laughs> hey, man Rod's going to give me a million pounds. Rod Anderson has told me this multi billionaire. Who I've seen bless these people, bless this ministry, bless these people, bless these. I've seen. I. He's promised me he's going to give me a million pounds, and you'd be happy about it, right? Seriously, you, hopefully you would. You know, you, Hallelujah, praise God. You know what I mean? A month goes by. Hey man, do you have that yet? That you know you t- you said Robert's going to give you a million million pounds. Do you have it yet? What's your answer? what's your answer? I don't know But see, this is really what it comes down to. Do we know that we know that we know that we know God has said? Think about this. God speaks to Abraham in 15 years. Fifteen years goes by. Fifteen years. 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 Think about Joshua and Caleb. Remember that beautiful thing about Caleb when they went in to take the promised land and God spoke to him? Forty years goes by. But Caleb's confession is what? I am as strong today to go in and to conquer and to go in and possess as I was the day when God spoke it. Now, those were some special people. And I wonder if God would love to have some of the similar types of special people today. God first revealed to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations when he called him to leave his country and go to the land God showed him. Abraham was 75 years old. 15 years later, when Abraham was 90, God renewed the promise. <laughs> 10 years later, at the age of 100... Abraham and Sarah finally had their son. That's a total of twenty-five years before the fullness of time. Everybody say, "Hallelujah!" Hallelujah. I want the faith of Abraham. The faith of Abraham. What is the faith of Abraham? Well, the faith of Abraham. This dude, this dude was a dude, man. This dude was no light chump. Twenty-five years. And we joke about it, you know, because, again, he was 100 years old. Sarah was, was up to 199 year, years old, and her womb was dead at Romans 4, the whole thing. Abraham hoped against hope, all natural reason for hope being gone. He hoped on in faith. And the old joke about it, you're 100 years old. Sarah's cracking up laughing. Shall I have pleasure with my Lord after so long a time? And the angels heard it and said, what are you laughing for, Sarah? I didn't laugh. No, we heard you. We heard you laugh. You actually don't believe that God can do what he said he'll do. Nothing is impossible where there's actual belief. Nothing. But sometimes it doesn't happen when we want it to happen. How long did the Israelites wander through the desert after leaving Egypt on the way to the promised land? Forty long years. It certainly doesn't take 40 years to get from where they started in the Nile Delta to reach Jericho. I wonder if God felt they needed to slow down so they could really experience the fullness of time. Think of Simeon, the priest in the temple who waited his whole life to see the promised Messiah. He waited his whole life. God had told him long before that he would not die until he'd seen the Christ. Then when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus into the temple to be blessed, Simeon recognized him, didn't he? He lifted him up. And this is, again, I wish I had more time to do this in another way. You see, if you're really in faith, you'll recognize it when it comes. But even maybe the better statement is you'll recognize what it isn't. And when you have to know how to recognize what it isn't so that you don't produce something after the flesh. Then when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus into the temple to be blessed, Simeon lifted him up and said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the hope of your people Israel. The fullness of time had arrived. How long did Jesus pray in the garden of Gethsemane? Probably hours. Yet hours that moved as slowly as a lifetime, but not until he was on the cross in the fullness of time could he say it is finished. After the horror and the grief of Jesus' death, how long did Mary and the disciples wait in pain? Three days, but days that lasted in eternity as anyone who has lost a loved one knows. How long did they wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit? Remember, Jesus has said to them, I send the promise of my Father on you, but stay in Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from on high. How long did they wait for this mystery to occur? Fifty long days. How long has the church waited for Christ to come again? Although many have tried to define the actual moment at which it will begin, we continue to wait. We have waited more than 2,000 years and we'll continue to wait until the fullness of time. The way of holiness is not... A, this, is, this was the part I wanted to get to, all that, and then I'm going to finish with this because I just want you to go away thinking about one particular aspect. The way of holiness is not achieved through hurriedness, busyness, or instant production. The way of God is the way of waiting. Now listen... Donald Nichol, a theologian and professor, has these thoughts to offer us. You don't notice small things if you're moving too fast. Now really listen for a moment. Suppose the person you most love is in a railway station and you're looking for one another. If she stands still, you know, on the platform, if you pass through the station at 100 miles an hour, you're probably not going to see her. Do, do, you, do you catch that? If you're moving so fast, you can miss the very thing you're looking for. He also wrote this, and I like this. This is this is something I actually started looking at last night. I know, I know actually, I looked at some of this this morning. Uh, maybe do it another time. The gauge, he said, the gauge to the rush factor. In other words, one of the ways... You can tell how much people are in a rush to get. This is the gauge to the rush factor in one's life is the signature, is your signature on a check or other papers. A hurried, illegible signature may mean one needs to slow down. Why? A second of time is not going to make much difference. And deliberately slowing down allows one to get into a proper rhythm for the day. And like I said, just this morning, I just went up and spent 30 minutes looking about the significance of signatures. And there's all kinds of different teachings, but it is amazing. It talks about people that just, it's a sign of something that's in your spirit. I don't have time. I'm too busy. And what I want you to catch this morning covered a lot of stuff is if you don't know how to develop the art of patience, I guarantee you, you will miss a lot of things that are right next to you. I said you'll miss a lot of things that have a lot of value that may be right next to you. You all know the situation. How many, if you drive, of course, I'm older than a few of you in here, but you know if you drive down a road or you take the bus all the time, you know how many of you, if you've gone down the same street a thousand times, But then for whatever the reason, you find yourself one day walking down that street. I mean, I know it's silly, but how much more do you notice? How many of you have had that situation where you look and you you see this shop and you go, man, look at that. I never knew that was there. Look at that. Look, I mean, look how beautiful this is. And all this time, this thing's been like right on the street that you go down every single day. That is full of beauty. It's full of incredible stuff, but you've never seen it because you're moving too fast. Hey, for those of us, <clears throat> he says, a hurried, illegible signature may mean one needs to slow down. A second of time will not make much difference. And deliberately slowing down allows one to get into a proper rhythm for the day. For those of us who are rushing through our days at break, breakneck speed, an ordinary way of becoming holy may simply be to practice slowing down. I don't. As a man, I don't like this next part. Do the dishes more slowly in the morning. Drive more slowly to work. Handwrite a letter rather than pushing buttons quickly on a computer. Walk from your car into the store more slowly. Eat more slowly. These conscious acts of slowing down. Ready your spirit for the moments of grace. Listen, I, I I just love this last verse. These conscious acts of slowing down. Ready your spirit for the moments of grace. Moments of grace. Moments that we might not see if we race by too swiftly. I was told by the Spirit years ago, I want to teach you how to maximize a moment. And the practice of being still, the practice of being patient, run hand in hand. Um, Anybody that's creative, the creative process, you know, John Maxwell, who's so well-known for all his leadership stuff, He actually, in his schedule, in his leadership, in his schedule, his daily 8 hour day work schedule, one hour of every single one of his days he allocates to thinking. And he doesn't let anything interrupt it. He goes into his office. They know. The staff knows not to bother. He gives himself to one hour of being quiet, and he thinks. And he comes up with the next 250 books. (laughs) That the guy's written. But the creative process is just like you sit down, whether it be uh, uh, Lucy or or David or whosoever, Angela, you know, as far as like we use music or David with the ideas for writing books and stuff like this. Let me tell you, it comes when your mouth isn't open, and your heart is, and you and the thought process between your spirit and your mind begin to go to work and creativity blossoms and you get words sitting here this morning i kept hearing a song to myself about i'm putting it all in your hands i just kept hearing this i'm 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 giving this i was thinking about how god i just give this church to you afresh i give i'm putting it all in your hands and david was playing on i just had my own song there it's all in your hands i'm putting it all in your hands it's just i'm i'm putting it all in your hands Little simple things like that, but again, they minister to Rod. But see, he wants to do that for every one of us. Now, I'm done. Everybody say, praise God, that's over. I really hear the scripture. Worship team, yes, you can come back up. People are probably ready to go home. It's only, it's 10 minutes to three, so we're okay, all right? I just, the old joke, watch everybody look at their hands, they you know, so fast that they break the wrist, and we can have prayer, Call for people that have a hurt wrist. I, I want you to just please do your utmost to capture this that while we are called to live by faith, we have to have the revelation that faith and patience go together. And I just want you to hear that one aspect again. Re- really hear this. Let patience have her perfect work, making you perfect and entire. Lacking nothing, I'm just trying to tell you because I love you. Don't, if you know it's God, absolutely go for it, take it by the neck, never let it go. If you're not sure, would just be patient. I'm just saying, be patient. Relationships all the time, all the people we've had to counsel in different situations. I know it's her, I know it's him. You do? Would you bet your life on it? Would you actually bet your ever living life on it? Well, no, I don't know if I bet my life. I said, then be patient. Be patient. Whatever it is, just be patient. You guys that are going to be offered record deals, you're going to be famous one day, some freaky loud Texas prophetess said. You're going to be famous. Be patient. Be patient under the coming of the Lord if you're good at something people are going to notice but the devil notices as well and you have to have enough peace with God to recognize what is and what isn't God it's just that simple is this God or is it something else how many of you know where Julie Anderson is where's Julie Anderson right now where is she How do you know? How do you know that's Julie Anderson? How do you know that's Julie Anderson? Have you ever seen her birth certificate? Do you know that's Julie? Well, one reason you may know her is it's possible that you've met her before. How are you gonna recognize God? By paying the price, taking the time to go meet him. That's all I'm trying to say. Amen. And then you'll never have to worry again. You'll know your spirit. As many as are led by the spirit of the sons of God. You'll simply know this again. Please hear this statement. This is maybe one of the most important truths any preacher can ever say. It's not so much in knowing what to do. It's knowing what not to do. It's recognizing what something isn't that really trains you to recognize what something is. You learn how to recognize that disruption. Something here, something there, it sounds all good, looks good, smells good, but something here is going, no, 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 no No matter how good it it is. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we give you thanks today, again, for all these scriptures, all these truths that you've laid before us. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.